glad that you're here tonight. And we're going to have Brother Cody come tonight to bring us the word of God. Brother Cody, I told you you were preaching. Is that right? Amen. Come on up. Now, there are a lot of folks here tonight that don't know Cody's testimony. I'm going to share just a minute uh, before you come. And, and uh, Cody was a young man that uh, in Stony Creek, Hamilton area. And, of course, we were in Stony Creek for many years. And I remember uh, first, I remember his Uncle Gary getting saved. Uncle Gary's one of my dearest friends. And, and uh, he picks on my wife mercilessly, but he's good to have. And he's always been a help and a blessing to our family. And I, I remember when he got saved, and, and uh, I, I just remember him visiting church and literally got out of jail on a Sunday morning. He'd been put in a, a jail because he got in a fight in a bar, and the police knew him. They just put him in jail just to cool down. And then that Sunday morning, he got up, and he called an old friend of his dad's who'd been bugging him for years to go to church. And he said, uh, you're right. I'm sick and tired of this. I'll go to church with you this morning. And so he went in clothes that he wore the night before to the bar and slept in a jail. And he went to church. And two weeks later, we popped into his house, and he accepted Christ as Savior. And uh, we were thrilled uh, at that time. Well, we didn't know that Gary had a sister named Denise who already knew Christ and was kind of really unsettled in her faith. And she bounced around a different church almost every service, didn't she? Just went church to church, wherever things were going on. And and, it didn't matter what kind of church. She had no clue what kind of church she should be in or if they preached the Bible or not. Just bounced around. And then she started coming to our church a little bit, a little bit more. And all of a sudden, she just kind of got grounded. and, And next thing you know, she was doing really well. And every service, faithful to the church. And we're so thankful for Denise. But she had a little boy. They got to be a teenager, and he got into some trouble and got into some things that, that are none of my business sharing with you. I'll let him do that sometime. And uh, some of the things that happened in his life, and, and I remember his mom at the altar nearly every service weeping over her boy. Every, almost every service, right, Ida? She was down there weeping, and, uh, and oh, there's Ida. I saw my daughter's back there, and I thought she was back there. She's down here, and... Uh, and just weeping over her son. And, and uh, you know, then he started coming to church just a little bit, I think, just to appease mom. And it was kind of, if you don't come to church, you don't live here anymore almost. And, and uh, so he came on Sunday nights. And uh, I just was convinced that he'd come Sunday morning for some reason. And I prepared a message just for Cody. And he didn't show up. And that happened three weeks in a row. And I just kept putting it aside and preaching something else, you know. And, and finally, the, that third Sunday, he walked in the door. And I was so excited, I thought I blew it. I ran up to him and said, you're not going to believe this. I prayed this morning, Cody, if you'd come to church, you'd get saved. I prayed that this morning. And <laughs> I thought, oh, great, I've scared him to death. And at the end of the service, we had 32 verses of invitation, and he never moved. And finally, we were, I was shaking hands at the door, and I felt this brush on my shoulder. And there's Cody standing there with his head down. And he got saved. It was a thrill a couple years ago when he decided he wanted to come to Simcoe and be a part of our church. And, and we're thrilled. And God's given him a great wife and a child now. And you're pretty blessed. Amen. Come preach to us tonight. Anyway, he is. I really like that song, How Long Has It Been? Um, I think one of the first times I was interviewed, I got saved and introduced to Christian music, I was flipping through the channels and uh, the cathedrals were on. And uh, George Younce and Jake Hess, they were singing that song, How Long Has It Been, since you talked before. And I remember looking at Jake Hess, or, uh, George Younce, 
And just freshly saved, and this guy singing with the joy of the Lord, it just really encouraged me to see an older man uh, with the joy of the Lord like that. I was thinking of just a, a story here about uh, some uh, person involved in some road rage, and um, they were driving through through the highway and got cut off really, really bad, almost had to run into the ditch. And the guy just got really, really angry, uh, responded in a bad way, starts honking, driving up to him, cussing, swearing, just hand signals, you name it. And uh, the, the police were called, the police were following, and uh, they were able to pull this guy over that got cut off, that was very angry, doing all these bad things. And uh, they pulled him over, and they took it very serious. They called for backup. They called, uh, they, they had their guns drawn, they told them to exit out of the vehicle, and uh, they saw on the back of the, the reason why they did that, they saw on the back of the vehicle, they saw the bumper stickers about the cross, and they saw the, 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 the fish emblem, and they, the guy even had a, a border around the license plate, you know, Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And afterward, the guy said, well, why'd you have your gun drawn on it? Well, the police goes, we, we thought it was a stolen car. They wouldn't, a Christian wouldn't be doing that. And uh, thinking about that song, how long has it been since you knelt on your knees? How long since your heart knew no burden? How long? Uh, and the, 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 the song goes on to talk just about how long has it been? Sometimes we just drift away. Sometimes it's, it's, we need to get back to the place where we, are, we have Christ as our first love. I think about Myla. Myla is now nine, year, nine months old, and she's crawling around all over the place. The other day, uh, I set her at the one side of the, the kitchen, and I'm at the other side. I'm sitting in the chair, and I, I'm coaxing her to come crawl towards me, and she begins to crawl. Big smile on her face. She begins to crawl, and then the smallest little crumb uh, distracts her, and she's poking at this small, tiny little crumb, and then I, I just try and refocus her vision again. Myla! Come, come crawl towards daddy, come crawl. And she, she begins again, starts to crawl. And then another little crumb. And then it, it was a long ordeal, but she ended up making it. And I, God kind of told me, that's kind of how, how you are sometimes, Cody. I, I, I want you to come and, and, and be present with me and be close with me. Sometimes we get distracted, don't we? And um, I'm preaching this, this evening uh, entitled, a, a Work for God in a wicked city. And I've preached on uh, this before, and I, if you could turn to Mark chapter number five. Mark chapter number five, the demonic of Gadara. But I kind of wanted to look at a couple different things that I've never seen before. I want to look at his past, his present, and his future. The demonic of Gadara in verse one. It says in chapter 5, verse 1, And they came over to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces." Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran 
and worshiped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I endure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was, a, there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And there were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was done, or it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had a legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they went out and told them how it befell him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things, uh, uh, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, Lord, that there is a good spirit in this place. Your Holy Spirit is in this place. Lord, I do pray that you would use me to communicate what you have. I pray that our hearts would be tender, Lord. The Spirit would lead. And... uh, Lord, that your, your word would go forth with power. Thank you for this opportunity, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we all know the story of the demonic of Gadara. In fact, this would be like one of the stories you tell at a campfire. It's kind of a, kind of a spooky story, isn't it? Out of all the scripture and in the, in the word of God, this is one of the spooky ones. And uh, we know that the disciples, they had had a long night in the Sea of Galilee. And uh, they went through the storm of their life. And they finally get to, um, uh, over onto the other side of the, the sea. Of, uh, and then immediately as they get onto the land, the Bible says they're, they're, they were met with this man with an unclean spirit. They were met, uh, and the Bible uh, goes on to say in verse 2, And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they're met of a man uh, out of the tombs with an unclean spirit. And so we're just going to look briefly. And just to tell you, my message is only about three minutes uh, tonight. Don't say amen. About three minutes tonight, but I didn't tell you how long the introduction is. Um, Just to give you some past, what this man used to be like, we know that he was possessed. Uh, His past, we would honestly probably say there would be, this would be labeled as a man with no hope. How do you share the gospel message with somebody not in their right mind? But things were about to change. Uh, We'll just go on and we'll, we'll just sum up here uh, what this man used to be like. Uh, verse two, he lived, his, his place of residence was in the graveyard and on, up among the tomb. He had a, seemed to have an obsession with the dead. 
Um, he had an unclean spirit. He was possessed. Verse three, who had his dwelling among the tombs. No man could bind him, no not with chains. He had a supernatural uh, strength given from the devil himself. Uh, multiple attempts, we know, and we've heard this before, were, were, were given upon this man to bind him, to keep the public safe. He had never been so free, but he had never been so bound. He couldn't even go to prison. No man could take him to prison. No man could bind him, no, not with chains. And be, uh, verse four, because he had often been uh, bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. So we do know that there was multiple attempts to, to, to imprison him or to lock him up to keep himself safe and to keep the public safe, only to come back the next day to find those chains broken in pieces. Down the road, they decided they decide they would do get fetters, uh, iron bars, a solid handcuff, if you will, only to come back the next day to find those broken in pieces. Verse verse uh, five, and always a continual thing. This was habitual. This always happened, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself. He had no control over, over, over his emotions. He had no control over his actions. The devil was dictating his every move. But all that was going to change in verse 6. But when, G, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Could you imagine that ship uh, getting into that port and the demonic of Gadara being there? And as that, that ship comes sailing and it's coming to the shore... I wonder if the demons were starting to weaken. I wonder if the power of the devil was starting, if the devil was starting to tremble, to get a little scared. Because when he saw Jesus, do you remember the day that you saw Jesus? I mean, you got saved. The day, the day that the chains fell, I love that song uh, that we sing in the choir. It's the power of the cross. See the chains fall. I get a little teared up every time uh, I, I think about that. Once in darkness, now in light. Once lost, now found. It's a power of the cross. See the chains fall. And the, that day when he saw Jesus, the, the bound, the, the, the power and the binding force of the devil was gone. Past. The Bible says in, in uh, Ephesians 2.12 that in that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Do you remember when your life was empty? Do you remember when you didn't have any hope? Do you remember when your life had no meaning? Remember that? The Bible goes on to say in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood. You got saved. You realized that gift that was given to you and you got born again. So Jesus, he goes into this pagan land, Decapolis, and he knew what was going to take place. Could you imagine the disciples had that rough night in the Sea of Galilee? Master, carest thou not that we perish? Get onto the shore. And immediately they're met with this man, and Decapolis was a wicked city. His past, it seemed like there was no hope. But where Jesus is, there is hope. But the present... And we, we know, uh, to sum up the story, he, 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 he casts the demons out. Oh, well, let's just continue to, let's continue to read. In verse 9, 
And he asked, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many, about 6,000. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of that country. See, the devil, the demons, they wanted to be there. They, they had, there was a stronghold in this city. There is strongholds in our, in our cities, in our lands. The, the devil doesn't want to depart. Uh, he, he besought him much. He's, he's bargaining with Jesus here. He's, he's begging him. He's beseeching him. Don't, don't, don't send us out of the country. We're happy here. We like it here. You think about our nation. You think, how many cities does the devil have a stronghold on? We need to get into our cities. A work of God in a wicked city is about to take place here. A place where no, uh, not a lot of Christians like to go was a place called Decapolis. Of course, uh, we know that Jesus sent those demons into the pigs, and those pigs went running down into the sea, down a cliff. <clears throat> Think about the farmers. In verse 14, And they that fed the swine fled, and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was done. So, of course, the pig farmers had lost all of their livestock. They're angry. They're mad. They're going to have to go around uh, their customers, and they're going to have to say, sorry, Burger King, no, no bacon, uh, Baconator, or is that, is that Wendy's? Baconator. Sorry, no Baconators for the next two months. Jesus killed all our piggies. They'd have to go to the butcher. No sausage today, sorry. Jesus, he healed a man, but he sent all the demons into our pigs. They went and told it in the city. They went and told it in, uh, all around the country. And they, verse 15, and they come to Jesus and they see him that was possessed with the devil and had a legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. They were afraid. They saw the work, of, they saw a miraculous work of God take place. I mean, they, they couldn't even go to the graveyard to clean up the grave of their loved one. They were, so, they were too scared to go there, I'm sure. But now that this man was sitting, he was clothed in his, in his right mind, they saw a work of God that was done, and their, their eyes were such in darkness that it frightened them. Have you ever been able to witness to somebody, or God has done a, a great work, and you share it with somebody that's lost, and they, it, it just doesn't make sense to them. Or they just think the complete opposite, and they think it's a bad thing. Why? Because their eyes are in darkness. It's like turning on the light after being in a dark room all night. It stings. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. That's what the world is like. But the present... We looked at the past, the present. This man is now a changed man, and all the credit goes to the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, he had peace. We, we, we heard about peace this morning, didn't we? He had peace. The Bible says in verse 15, uh, he was sitting. He was sitting. This man was never sitting still before, was he? I mean, the devil, those demons were inside of him. He was constantly, day and night, cutting himself. He was constantly uh, peaceless, but he was sitting. Jesus gave him peace. Ephesians 2.14 says this, 
For he is our peace. Who is our peace? Jesus is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in the, in, in the flesh the enemy, even the law and commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself twain one new man, so making peace, that he might, uh, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enemy thereby. How do we have peace? We heard about it this morning through Jesus Christ. So he had peace, but he also had purpose. The Bible says that he was clothed there in 15. Verse 15, he was clothed. I mean, he had to go somewhere to get some clothes. Either he had to purchase some clothes or he had to ask for some clothes, but he had a purpose. He wanted to cover up his body. He wasn't the same man that he used to be. He had peace. He had purpose. But he also uh, had a change of position. The Bible says that he was in his right mind. He was in his right mind. The Bible says in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. The world seems to battle for first place in our mind with entertainment. When, when is the last time that we just sat in a chair and thought? Think about God. We are, we've got a computer in our pocket. Somebody said, that's a big phone you've got. No, it's a small computer. And it occupies our time, doesn't it? It's a challenge. And so on purpose, we have to, have to think here uh, about what is taking place. The Bible says in Romans 12 too, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Sometimes we've just got to, like we have to press that refresh button on the internet page. We've got to do that with our mind. Lord, renew my mind today. Help me to think on good things. Help me to think on whatsoever is good, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is good report. There's so much junk out there, isn't there? Sometimes you just need to stop watching the news. Think about the Bible. Think about God. He had a, he had a new passion. He had a new passion. Look at verse 18. And when he was come into the ship, talking about Jesus and the disciples, he, had, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. He sees Jesus departing, and he goes up to that ship, and he begs Jesus, Jesus, I want to be a disciple. Jesus, I want to go with you. I want to take that journey with you. I want to forsake all, and I want to follow you. And we know that others had that opportunity, like that rich, that rich young man had that opportunity, but he, said, he went away sorrowful because he had great wealth, great riches. This man begs to be with Jesus, but Jesus had a different plan for him. He says this, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, and said unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. So what was the message that Jesus wanted promoted? It's right there in verse, verse 19. Where was he to go? He was to go, to, he was to go home. He was, go to, he was to go to the place of his birth. Uh, he was go, to go, the Bible says, to his friends, those around him acquaintances, friends, family. Uh, what was he to say? The Bible says um, he was to tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. 
Salvation isn't just a good thing, is it? It's a great thing. It's a great thing. I mean, you, you can buy all different things in the world. Great things, sure. Good things, I should say. But, but when, when you get saved, when your citizenship changes from hell to heaven, that's a great thing. Uh, when, you, when you're no longer a child of the devil, you're a child of the Lord. That's a, it's a great thing. He says, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee. The Bible says in, in 1 Samuel 12, 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in, in truth with all your heart and consider how great things he has done for thee. Let's go over to Psalms chapter 127. Keep your spot here. Psalms 126, I should say. Psalms 126 and verse 1. Children of Israel in the Babylonian captivity, 70 years takes place. Some had died, born and died a slave in a foreign land. But that was all about the change. And when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. The heathen said that. The world around saw that God had done something here. And, said, and they said, the, the, the Lord has done great things for them. Verse, verse three, the Lord had done great things for us, wherefore we are glad. They were taken out of slavery. They were taken out of bondage. They were able to go 900 miles back home to Jerusalem. And they were filled with joy because they were no longer captive. We can all relate to the demonic of Gadara. Say, how? I was never possessed. No, we were, we were held captive to the devil. They say, I've never cut myself or this or that. I, no, but, but the devil had control over our life. And, but, but Jesus. We're all about Jesus here. I remember a while back, somebody had come up to us and uh, they were angry, attending the church, and they were angry that we talked so much about Jesus. I said, well, you, here at Bethel, we talk about Jesus. Jesus has done great things, great things. And he's going to do great, even more greater things. People are getting saved. People are coming closer to the Lord. The Lord has done great things, and we are glad. So back to our passage of scripture here. Mark chapter number five. He was to be specific. The, Lord, uh, the Bible goes on to say in verse 19, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Now, Decapolis. we got to understand Decapolis. Deca. It's a 10-city region. It's like the GTA. But, but it, was a, it, was a, it was a rebellious city. In fact, a lot of scholars believe that the prodigal son, when he went to that far-off city, it was Decapolis. Riotous living, pigs, uh, uh, different things that were pagan. Uh, it's only mentioned three times in the Bible, Decapolis. Uh, they had their own court system, their own currency, their own temples, theaters, and armies, and they clashed with the Hebrew populace. Throughout the New Testament, these 10 cities remained a league of free uh, state, uh, city-states under the umbrella of the Roman authority. Um, 
goes, uh, just was looking up some information on the city, and uh, much of the known world, including uh, many of the people of the land of Israel, adopted the Greek ways, although they modified them to their local beliefs. Greek cultural institutions were established in many cities, including Jerusalem. Theaters became popular, um, uh, common and popular. Uh, the rabbis of Israel forbade attendance to these theaters because their dramas pro, uh, portrayed the myths and, of Greek and Roman gods, contain, uh, containing erotic themes common in Hellenism. Um, and they were performed in connection with pagan religious festivals, which included sacrifices to the gods. Greek institutions appeared in many cities, including Jerusalem. Not far from the temple, in the gymnasiums, the Greek uh, idea of training people's bodies and minds was put into practice. Students studied the philosophy of classical Greece uh, and received athletic training and competed naked in athletic events. And I'm not even going to go into detail to all the immoral things that took place in this city. But he was to go into a place of Decapolis, a wicked place, much like the world we're living in today. In fact, maybe even worse. He was to go into there, and he, he was to bring the message of how great things the Lord hath done. And he was to tell them, it's personal, has done for thee. And I'm sure as he went around that city, and they knew about this demonic of Gadara, and him giving the message, the Lord has done this for me. The, uh, the Lord has delivered me. Don't you think the rest of those people that thought they were too wicked to approach Jesus were thinking, double thinking? Well, if, if he could get changed, if he could receive forgiveness, if he could receive freedom, maybe I can too. Of course, that takes place. And, and, but what I really want to look at, the Bible says in verse 20, let me get to this first. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. It doesn't seem like he was too disappointed when Jesus said, no, you can't get on the boat. He obeyed Jesus. He began to publish it. He began to go into this 10-city region, this worldly place, this God-hating place, if you will, and he began to publish it. I wonder what his message was like. Eh? I would have loved to be there to hear him preach. Look at my scars. The devil did this to me, but Jesus, he changed my life. I was in darkness uh, where I used to live was in the graveyard, but Jesus made all the difference in my life. Just, you just picture it before, before your eyes. But the sad thing is, I want to look at, and this is, the, this is the message here, about three minutes and we're done. The first response to, Jesus, uh, to the people of Decapolis when Jesus comes, and the second response to Jesus in Decapolis when he comes the second time. The first response is found in verse 17. And they began to pray him, to pray Jesus, to beg Jesus to depart out of their coast. Wow, that's so sad. They missed their opportunity right there. Jesus wanted to do a, a work in a, in a wicked city, and he started with, with this man, Mr. Gadara. But they, they, didn't want, they didn't want any part of it. They didn't want any part of it. Jesus 
please leave. Sad thing is today that people don't like change. People don't want their life stirred up. Because when we get Jesus, something's got to change. Jesus, please leave. You've killed all our livestock. We don't want you doing anything else, Jesus. Please get in the boat and don't come back. But he sent out a missionary into Decapolis. Think about our cities. Think about our cities. Think about our towns in Canada here. We're losing our cities. There's so many souls. There's so many strongholds. Perhaps God would call you. Do we hear about the call of God? Are we stirred by the call of God? Hey, you say, well, I'm not called and I know it, but are you willing to be called? You say, I'm too young. God can use you. you say, I'm too old. God can use you. You're never too old. You're never too young to be used of God. We still need some people to go into the cities, to go into a place like Decapolis and stir it up with the gospel. So he, he begins to publish. Turn over a couple chapters in Mark chapter number seven. Mark chapter number seven. In verse 31. So some time had passed here. And Jesus, this is Jesus' second time. Second time coming to Decapolis, 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and, one, or, and had an impotent in his speech. And they besought him to put his hand upon him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They were just begging him to leave. Now they're waiting for him on the coast. They're anticipating the presence of Jesus. And they're begging him to do a work. What had taken place between Jesus leaving the first time and him coming back the second time? There was a witness in this wicked city. There was a man with a testimony that brought the gospel. The Lord has done great things. And it changed that place. And of course, we keep on reading here in, in chapter 8. In those days, the multitudes being very great, having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and saith unto them. The feeding, this is leading into the feeding of the, the 4,000. Nothing to eat for three days. Sold out to Jesus. Multitudes coming to that coastline, anticipating, in a wicked city, anticipating the presence of Jesus. How? A man moved by God. Will you fill the gap? Will you be that person in, on your street, in your neighborhood, in another city, in another country, to fill the gap? A work for God in a wicked city. God is able. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you're able to go down to the uttermost. You're able to save anybody. Lord, may we just be reminded with how great you are. Salvation, what a great work. What a great work. Can we stand to our feet? and As the music begins to play, God's moved in your heart. Would you come pray? God working in your heart to reach out to your neighbors, perhaps. To stand in the gap. There are stirring in your heart for God to do a work. Come pray as the Lord leads.
perhaps this wasn't necessarily a gospel message, but maybe you're not saved. Nobody's looking around. People are praying. Perhaps you say, Cody, I need to get that settled tonight. Here's my hand as a testimony. Pray for me. Is there anybody like that in this room? I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. Pray for me. Here's my hand. 